Hello, folks, and welcome to the Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band So What magazine. And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. This is your official weekly Metallica podcast, the only inside source, bringing you all the news from the band's HQ and studios deep in the heart of Northern California. This week, we are truly delighted to welcome a dear old friend and important member of the Metallica family to the pod, Mr. Jason Newstead. And he's going to be telling us what's up with him. He'll be looking back at a few memorable moments from his 15 years in the band as well. Look, it's so great to both hear from him and have him on the pod. He's just such a great dude. I'm just stoked. This is a very cool moment. And and Steph, you got to hang with him for a nice chunk of time. I mean, you guys talked for a little while. He, to all of us, I think, is a renaissance man, to be sure. I mean, he's got his visual art career as well as his music. So we're really only going to scratch the surface here. But I think everybody's going to enjoy hearing from Jason. Yeah, Jason is just full value always. He always has been. He always will be. He's such an earnest, honest, passionate guy. Yeah. You folks are in for a treat. So settle in because we're excited about this one. God damn it. That is such glorious stuff. You know what, Renee? That was from back in the day when things were starting to explode and it was still a small fuck you army against the world. (laughs) You can hear it. You can totally hear it. So good. (laughs) Anyway, Jason Newstead is a vital figure in Metallica's career and musical pantheon. He joined the band from Flotsam and Jetsam after the tragic passing of Cliff Burton in 1986. The clarity of Jason's importance to Metallica is beyond question. He helped the band move from tragedy to superstardom during some of the biggest moments of their career. And with his full force attitude and approach, Jason's love of the live show and stage became a thing of legend. And boy, believe me, he threw it down. He was part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in 2009 and was also part of those massive celebrations for the 30th anniversary shows at the Fillmore in 2011. You were there, right? I remember those shows. I was there. I was supposed to go to more than one show, only ended up at one because my friend broke his foot moshing. (laughs) He probably broke his foot trying to keep in time with Jason's headbanging, actually. That's (laughs) right. He will forever be Met Family Plus, that's for sure. And there was a lot to talk about. And indeed, we got into a long conversation. So forgive me, you're only getting a few highlights with this pod. And there was only really one place to start. And that was with what Jason is up to these days in terms of any plans, projects, and just life in general. So this is the first time in my adult life, probably about 40 years or so, that I didn't have something pending such as a tour or recording session or art exhibit or something like that. And just allowing myself finally to enjoy the day. I really like going out for lunch. You know, I go and have a drink with somebody, sure, and all that kind of thing, but actually getting in my psyche and all myself calm the fuck down. This is the first time in my adult life. I know it sounds weird, but that just these kind of simple things that really I'm enjoying a lot, that type of thing. That's it, just trying to be a little bit more normal-ish. I know that that 
won't ever be able to be all the way, but I am enjoying getting that a little bit more simple type of things going on. So it's very different now to repurpose, literally purpose, repurpose myself, you know, because the most important thing, the very, I think the single most important thing is purpose. So trying to figure that out and it's going to take a minute, but I have to fill some voids with some other things now, the void of not having a show or not having something to work up to. I need to fill with another type of activity, but not necessarily any kind of serious project that has to have that kind of application. To give myself a break for a second and look at it through a different lens now that I've been away from the band for 20 plus years and just a a different perspective on things, to be able to see how incredibly affecting it was on my little ball of clay you know, because I came into that just wet fucking clay, man. Green, you know, green and wide-eyed. Yeah, I had my chops, but I didn't have much else of as far as a comprehension of the world or anything like that, man, at all. And so now I look back at that, and for better or worse, and there are some things that I'm not going to be able to change because what I had to rise to, what I had to become so quickly, to come from just really a nothing, really trying hard, kind of skidding fucking guy. To all of a sudden this, you know, a very short amount of time, a global star, as it were, you know, not my terms, just uh, that's what they call it. So it's definitely in the way of like going back to college because I didn't go to college. So it's like reverting to what that time would have been when I decided to play bass instead and 18 years old. And I would have, my dad has certainly expected me to go to Michigan State University, but I didn't. Instead, I went out to California to play bass. So, or Arizona anyway. So I would say, yes, it's just like going back to start college because I never did. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And we are back. I just think it is so important to note the love, appreciation, respect and wisdom Jason has for all his experiences uh, with the band and in life in general. And in my opinion, it's great the way he is able to now take greater stock of a life which was absolutely lived at a rapid pace and know this about him. I've said it before on this pod. I've said it many times over the years working with him and I'm going to say it right now. Jason doesn't do things in half measures. So as you'll hear, taking stock of his life is an all in affair. I find great value, uh, great meaning in figuring these things out. You know, I think that so they're just some really invaluable things that come along with allowing yourself to enjoy the simple things that you missed in the busy, busy years. And I try to do something visual uh, four or five times a week. I'll put a couple hours in a drawing or a painting, uh, things that I have ongoing. I usually like to create on the day and whatever I make on that day in the many hours that I put in it just for that waking period. And that's the piece, you know, and just sign it and that's that, but I do stay after it. It is a perishable skill. The same thing as, you know, guitar and stuff. So I try to keep, keep my chops up with that as well. There are always offers and proposals from people globally to do exhibits or collaborations. There's still offers come in to play music collaborations and so I'm open to those things, but I'm really very, very picky about those proposals these days. Right, you can really hear Jason is being really present these days, which is great when you think of, I mean, how out of body he was at times on stage, right? Oh, yeah. You, you yeah, mentioned yeah. it earlier, Steph. Jason's love of the live show is obvious. He was an incredible performer. He has this emotive quality. For me, I always loved his facial expressions <laughs> oh, when he great? sang. That was yeah. so cool. And yeah. he, he had this way of like drawing the audience to him that is when his hair wasn't stealing the show, <laughs> when he had yeah. all that long hair, it was great. Yeah. Anyway, great performer. He always gives his all. And here he is confirming his love of the live show. My forte, my strength in Metallica in my time was the live show. That is all that mattered to me. Everything else came second. So whatever I could do to go all the way and leave every fucking ounce on the stage, so that was part of the program for that particular stage set. So anytime that I had a chance to do anything extra, anything extra, that's what I could give. That's where I felt the most confident. That's where I got the most pats on the back from the guys is when I was doing my live thing, sweating my nuts off, background vocals, spinning fucking windmills, you know, all that shit. Never. If you look back, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time looking back, but Every once in a while, when somebody will send me a video of this, Jason, like, how is your head or these kind of things? Or doesn't your neck hurt? Or you got headaches or stuff like that? You know, they say 30 years later, you have a headache from this. And I look at the footage and I'm like, what the fuck 
Like if you count the actual times that I spun that shit or that my, I, I never fucking stopped. You go two hours and 20 minutes and there had to be tens of thousands of gestures with my pushing my vertebrae out per night. Thousands and thousands, you know, and look back and go, dude, what the fuck? No wonder your shoulder is that. No wonder your fucking C6 is all jolting off the back of your back. You know, now these days, you know, it's a little better, but goddamn, man, the occupational hazards and all that kind of thing. It was just, that's what I could give, bro. That's what I could give. So people remembered and came back the next time. And yeah, as you can hear, uh, he gave an awful lot to the cause. Some of the stuff he did on stage live-wise was insane and, and gravity-defying at times, it has to be said. But look, before I carry on, I just have to touch on his hair for a minute. You know when he, he shaved the sides of his head, right? Yeah. And that became like that became like in the late 80s, Bay Area thrash fashion. He was a leader. He was a leader. Yeah. Everyone got it done. I even got it done. I mean, everyone was doing it. I think James got it. I mean, he led the way. And then suddenly everyone had these shaved sides gone. And one day he came out and he cut it all off. He had no hair. I know. I love that. He led the way with his hair. That's so great. Anyway, look, one of the things which used to happen on the Justice Tour was the swinging trust collapse where everyone would gasp as the thing looked like it would decapitate a certain basis. So, I mean, I had to ask him about that, right? So that was part of my performance every night. So there became a thing that how close would I let it get to me? And I got it down to, I mean, I felt the air from it across my face, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, God, what's the name? Mikey, uh, one of those crew guys, I can't remember, a little wrestler guy, Mike Gomez. He would be in control right back there. It would be he and him and Ian when the ladies started falling and they had ropes around the catch doors head so it didn't go tumbling into the amps and all that shit. And, and then that thing would swing down and I look over at Mikey and I see, and he just like, he, he, his eyes are fucking wide open, chewing his nails, you know, type of shit. And I, how close can I get today? And I'd fuck with him. And like how close, and I'd, and I'd prop myself way up. I'd get up on my toes just to have it miss me by up. And what it looked like to you guys that it was going to decapitate. Like that was, that was part of my plan the image to show where people that 3,000, 5,000, 7,000 people that were like, <gasps> just for a second. And I could hear them as loud as the music. And so after a while, and so it was a plan. It was part of my performance. And so I did it how many ever times we did that show. And it became a thing that JB, the lighting designer, would always have to conspicuously place the pyrotechnic diagram for each show three in the dressing room, eight in the tuning room, all these places where you could see it. Every door that you were going to, the band was going to walk in, had that diagram on it. So you would know where the bombs were or weren't. Usually they were very similar because you're playing the 7,000 seat place there and the 7,000 place there and blah, 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 right down the line. If you went to a different spot and the stage was a little bit bigger, allowed us to have more gear in there in a bigger spot, then the diagram would change and you'd make sure to put exclamation points on there and guys, look at this, look at this, it's different tonight. And after a while, he started doing a thing where he'd draw me getting my head knocked off. Like he'd draw in the little diagram and there goes Jason's head, like flying off my body. So that was, it was a thing. Like if Jay, Jay, if you don't pay attention to where the thing is tonight, bro, you might not, you know. So I, I did a couple of times where it changed, but the most, mostly it was uniform. Oh, man, I love it. On the heels of our pyro show last week, it's great to hear Jason sharing the additional hazards of decapitation back in the day. (laughs) 
Uh, kids today, they have no idea how much fun we used to have. Uh, anyway, Steph, I know you asked Jason about some of his favorite live memories, and he listed a few. But the one we're about to hear, I, I mean, I love sharing this with everyone because it's so vivid. And we all know the guy paints, but this, this is word painting for you guys from Jason Newstead. Red Rocks in Colorado. It was the thing when, I guess that was during the Black Album Tour, and JB had the hell setting, we call it. So all of the lights, all floor, side, top, fucking audience, all lights, deep red. Every light in the Red Rocks, right? And we're playing a thing that should not be in the C sharp, you know, to way fucking down there. That big string is flapping on the neck. And I remember that coming over the moons coming up behind the rocks and all the red lights on that song. I'm getting covered with bumps right now. And James lurched up over the mic like he used to do, you know, and just that intro. And I just take it was sounded so fucking clean, so heavy and so powerful, but so clean bouncing off those rocks. And every fucker in the place is just red. We're all red and the audience is completely red. And the rocks are red. And the sky is red. And it's just like, holy shit, man. That was that was a moment where you kind of let go of the instrument and go, is this really happening? You know, that kind of get taken away by it. Like, are we really a part of this? I'd like to be a spectator right now, that type of shit. But I remember that specifically that that we we moved the earth right then. Yes, indeed. What a word painting. I mean, yeah. I can I can not just see what he's saying. I can touch it. I can feel it. I can hear it. I can smell it. It just it's so vivid. And that's that's what you. This is what you get with Jason. You ask him a question. There's nothing stock. He's going all the way, and he's going to deliver it to you as he feels it, as he always did do with Metallica, as he always does in life. This is Jason Newstead for you. Again, thank you very much, Jason, for being on the pod. I think here's having him on again, right? Oh, my God. We absolutely have to have him on again. I mean, the last time that I saw Jason in person was back in my radio days when he was, out of the kindness of his heart, supporting these kids, the Moss Brothers. Do you remember the Moss Brothers? I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that. two little kids. We had them come on the radio station. They had two hits. One was football all the way. And the other was baseball. Yeah, baseball. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Jason was such a star in helping those kids out. So I welcome talking to him again. This was a great interview with him. Yeah. He loves music. He's always loved music and he loves helping out anyone that he can. I mean, actually, there's someone on this pod who should remain nameless that was once in his chop house with him playing a theremin, much to their delight, I may say. (laughs) And he was was showing this unnamed person how to play it. So uh, anyway, of course, we wouldn't be talking about that the next time we have him on the pod. There's so much great Metallica history and so much great Jason history to get into again. Let's just make it a deal that we do this again sometime sooner than later, shall we? Absolutely. Ah, hearing that, it's so good. Worthy of a foot breakage, especially since it was not mine. Yeah, and if you've learned nothing from this pod, 
Don't ever try and keep up your foot tapping to Jason Newstead's head banging. You will lose every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick, before we go, how cool was it to see the For Whom the Band Tolls marching band competition mentioned on ESPN on Sunday night? I loved seeing that. The winners have been announced and we're so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the conclusion of what has been a fantastic competition. So many great participants, so many great entries, so many great versions of Metallica music. And in this format, it has really been eye-opening and, and, and really exciting to, to witness. So congratulations to everyone who participated. If you want to see the Victorious Colleges and High Schools, please go to Metallica.com. They're all there. And my friend, it appears that we have now arrived at the end of the pod. So until next week, see, see ya. ya. The Metallica Report is produced by Metallica HQ, Pantheon Media, and PopCult. If you like what we're doing here, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to visit Metallica.com slash podcast to submit your questions, offer your thoughts, and become a part of this podcast. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.